Thank you for listening to this message by Pastor Chad Randall at Life Story Church. We are a grassroots church located in the heart of the Bellevue community in Nashville, Tennessee. Our services are streamed live on Facebook and YouTube every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday, 7 p.m. Central Time. We would love for you to join us. Now here's Pastor Chad Randall. Let's start to let's start tonight in prayer, shall we, guys? I think that's the probably the best way for us to go, as it usually is, huh? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for who you are, Lord. We ask that you would uh, <clears throat> you would uh, just minister to our hearts tonight, Father. Give us the word that we need to hear, Father. Lead us into the places in your word, Father, that, uh, that uh, will enrich us, which will uh, uh, calm our spirits for those who are upset, Father, uh, or encourage those who are perhaps are, are down or whatever it is, Lord. Uh, we just ask for your purpose, Father. We ask that this broadcast, broadcast would accomplish what you desire it would tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, it's Inauguration Day. Let's just get into it, right? Uh, and, and in light of it being Inauguration Day, uh, I want to put on pause uh, our current Wednesday night study of Revelation. We recently just jumped back into that last week, and that's been an incredible study for us thus far. But today being what today is, I think it's important that we have a conversation about it as the church. Today, our nation stands more divided than it likely ever has been. Uh, I know uh, many of you who have experienced that firsthand. Uh, I know firsthand I've uh, gotten a lot of hateful messages from uh, family members and high school friends that I haven't even seen in 30 years. Uh, and I know a lot of you guys are experiencing uh, that as well. Uh, and depending on... What side, what side of the aisle you're on, you're, it doesn't matter. You're getting it uh, on either side of it, these issues, it seems like. We're just, we're as divided, I think, uh, more divided possibly than ever, uh, since the, certainly since the Civil War. And I don't think that anybody would argue that. In light of this, uh, I know that there are many listening I've already let on. I know there's many listening uh, tonight who feel disappointed, who feel dejected, feel sad, and many who feel angry as well, outright angry. Uh, if that's you, I just want to say, look, I get it. I get it. It's a punch in the gut. It just is. It's a punch in the gut if you were a, a, a Trump supporter and for all of the different reasons you were voting for, for the president and supporting him as far as whether it was his support for Israel, uh, whatever it was, whatever your reason for supporting uh, his campaign, it's definitely a punch in the gut to watch uh, uh, Joe Biden get inaugurated today, okay? For so many reasons. I'm not going to get into those reasons uh, tonight, okay? Uh, let's just say, let's say it this way, Okay. Uh, many things that we are passionately for, he is against, okay? And many things that he is for, we are passionately against, right? Uh, and you throw onto that, uh, uh, you know, the, the claims of fraud uh, some are making and, and putting evidence before these houses, uh, state houses and whatnot, and it's certainly enough to make you uh, feel dejected, sad, 
or even angry. So yeah, I get it. I get the emotions that many people are feeling right now in the nation and in our church too. But I want to say this tonight. I want to say, don't forget this. To what end will your emotions bring you, right? Uh, Remember, God made all of us with emotions for a reason. And we talked about this, we talk about this all the time at Life Story Church, don't we? We've done an entire sermon series uh, on being emotionally healthy and being passionate in the right ways, right? Uh, God gave us all these emotions for a reason. You know, the Bible doesn't say, don't be angry, right? It doesn't say, don't be angry. It says, when you are angry, don't sin, When you are angry, don't sin. Uh, Your emotions are intended by God to bring a response out of you, all right? That's why he gave you those emotions, to bring a response out of you. Uh, From joy, the emotion of joy, what you're grateful. I'm joyful, I'm happy, it makes me grateful, right? From humility, when I'm humiliated or humbled, what happens? I have greater mercy for other people. So every emotion elicits a response from us, okay? Even anger is a gift from God. Anger or righteous indignation, if you want to call it that, right? It causes you to what? Perhaps make a stand for justice all the more, right? So emotions are a good thing. I'm not going to sit here and say, you shouldn't be angry, you shouldn't be dejected, you you, you know, whatever, whatever it is, right? Uh, those are genuine emotions. Mark Twain said, any emotion, if it is genuine, is involuntary, is involuntary. Twain or Franklin? I think it was Mark Twain. I'd have to look it up. So I'm not going to say you shouldn't be mad. You shouldn't be sad. You shouldn't be dejected, whatever it is, all right? But I will ask you this, okay? To what end will your emotions bring you? That's the question. Will your anger lead to hate in your heart? This is an important conversation for us to have as the church, okay? Will your anger lead to hate in your heart or hate in your tongue? Will that, will that anger and that hate then spew out of your mouth, right? Uh, or in your actions? Will that anger lead you to take actions in anger? No. No must be the answer for us on this. I say, look, let your anger, let your disappointment, let it do this for you, church. Let it create a resolve in you. Let it create a resolve in you uh, to stand and to advocate for justice all the more, all the more. After all, righteous indignation, what's it for? You, we read things on the news all the time. I, one thing that just makes me filled with righteous indignation and anger more than anything is when I hear about a child who's being abused. That makes me want to do something about it, right? That makes me want to have a zero tolerance for it, to speak up, right? So it, in the same ways, guys, let your anger, let your disappointment create in you a resolve, a resolve, all right? Uh, to stand for justice all the more, advocate for it all the more, guys, all right? We must remember, though, in all of this, okay, 
that it was Jesus who said this. And this is where I want to go first in the scripture tonight, all right? Matthew chapter 5. We're going to jump around a little bit. So if you're taking notes, you can write them down. I'll try to give you time to find them in your Bible. I know a lot of you guys are quick, but uh, we're going to look into Matthew chapter 5, and then we're going to look into Second Peter chapter 3 if you want to get ahead of the game. But first things first, I want to look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45. We've got to remember that Jesus said this. You have heard that it was said, you've heard that it was said that you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Say, what now? What? You can tell already that this isn't going to be a popular message, can't you? (laughs) It's always more fun just to go with it, as my wife says. You know what? I'm just going to go with it on this one emotionally, right? Uh, (laughs) It feels better. It's more gratifying to the flesh to just go with wherever your emotions lead you guys. But listen to these words of Jesus, all right? These are the words of our Savior. He said, love your enemies. Let's go back to it. Bless those who curse you. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Pray for them? Hold on now, Jesus. You're stepping on my toes here. You want me to pray for those who spitefully use me and persecute you? All this hate mail that I've gotten, I'm supposed to pray for all of these people? Yes. Yes. Verse 45, let's keep reading. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. You hear that? To be like him. He who forgave you, he who reached out to you in kindness while you were yet sinners, while you were still an offense to God, he reached out to you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes makes his son... He makes his sunrise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust alike. Look, guys, pray for them. Pray for them. Really? Yes, really. Yes, really. Church, come on now. Remember, remember, The Lord would have it that none be lost. I know you're upset, you're sick, you're sick that your guy lost, that your guy who stood for uh, uh, Christian values that you liked and all that stuff lost and you're sick about it. And then add to that, there's a guy who uh, is in the office right now who stands for so many things that you're against that you would maybe even consider wicked. You would even consider uh, a cheat, right? Whatever you... Am I really asking you to pray for that guy? Yes. We have to remember that no matter how far somebody has fallen, and no matter how dark the place that somebody is, no matter how corrupt the heart is, Jesus still would have it that none be lost, that that heart would turn to repentance and that that heart would turn to the Lord. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I'm telling you, look, I, like I said, I get it. <laughs> I get how you're feeling. I was feeling that way too. And then, you know what? Uh, the Lord did something great for me. Uh, I had 
a sermon to prepare for tonight, a message to prepare for tonight. And you know what? It forced me into the Word of God for several hours today. And you know what? I'm, I'm coming out feeling a lot better. Let's read Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering towards us. What? What is this? Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Guys, he is not, not slack concerning his promises. He has not forgotten, okay? Hear me on this now. He has not forgotten, and he has not failed to hear your prayers. I know some of you might be thinking, you know what, we prayed and we prayed, and we wanted this certain result, and we didn't get the result that we wanted, The Lord didn't fail to hear you, guys. The Lord has a plan for this world. And here's another thing, guys. We cannot forget that Satan is the Lord of the air in this place. You know, he has usurped authority in this domain from Adam, okay? And until Jesus comes back and sets things right, look, this is his show here. But God is putting certain things into place so that his prophecy will come through, his plan will come through. He is not slack concerning his promises. He has not forgotten. So pray. Yes, I say pray. Can I see that graphic for tonight's message? Uh, might have to go back to get it, Eva. I forgot to show it from the beginning. I want to sh- put it up here for you guys. We need to pray for our leaders, guys. That's what tonight is all about here, the time we're spending together. Yes, it's Inauguration Day, and we're having some comments on it, commentary on it, and we're going to talk about a few different things, but the bottom line is this, all right? Come back to me. Pray. Pray. You are called to it. Let me, let me help you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you some instruction tonight on how to do it to help you, okay? Because I understand you might not be feeling it. You might, this might not be one of my more popular messages, right? Because you, you really might not be feeling this. I might have lost some of you already. But you know what? It's what the Lord has put on my heart. So here's, here's what you're going to get. Three things. I'm going to give you three things for you note takers, all right? Uh, three things that you can pray for your enemies if you're having difficulty with it. Three different ways that that we can take out of the Word of God that we can pray. Here's the first one. Can I see that graphic, that title? Tile? Number one, pray for their conversion. Yes, pray for their conversion. There are two primary reasons that we don't pray for the conversion of, let's just say, Islamic extremists, right? That's a extreme example, right? You think of a jihadi Islamic extremist. How many? T- how often have you prayed for the people who are, you know, under that persuasion of thinking? Have you prayed for many Islamic extremists lately? All right. I think this is uh, this is going to make a point to you guys. All right. Not often. I was going to be honest. I was thinking about it myself, and I was like, I can't. I guess I haven't really done that a whole lot, and I should. Why don't we, though? Typically, we don't because the the first reason is that we believe it's absurd to think that they'll become Christians. It doesn't seem possible. 
So you know what? You might be, you might be thinking to yourself, Pastor is telling me to pray for Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. Hopeless, right? That they would fall on their faces and re- repent and come to Jesus. And you're thinking, there's no way. Guys, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, all things with God are possible. And he tells us point blank, pray for your enemies. Why? Pray for their conversion. Number two, second thing. Second thing. You know else you can pray for them? Hey, if they're not going to come to that conversion that you're praying for, then pray that the evil that they do may be restrained. Pray that it may be restrained. I pray that the wicked people in this world that want to bring us into a one-world government system in all parts of the world, that that they would be restrained. There is no dichotomy in praying for the good of our enemy and praying that their evil actions uh, would be restrained, okay? We've got, we absolutely can pray that the, the plans, and we, look, the, they put out the policy, uh, executive orders that uh, uh, President Biden is going, is going to be signing and doing right out of the gate, uh, already even today, and then as the days continue. I think it's the next 17 days they gave a list on some of the news networks of all the different things he was going to do. And, and you, know, you look at some of those things on the list, and you're like indifferent. And then you look at some of the things on the list, and it is absolutely against, uh, against us what we believe uh, as Christians in some cases, or just on policy in other issues, what you think would be best for national uh, sovereignty and security, all right? So there's a lot of plans, <laughs> and we know that, that the de- there is a demonic element in this world that is influencing and wanting to have its way and wanting to push us headlong, headlong into this one world order, into this end time scenario, because uh, ultimately we know Satan wants to be worshipped. We know that he wants to. Uh, we know that he wants to to uh, have his way in his kingdom here on earth. He wants to usurp from Jesus, and he's he's making uh, every attempt to do so with every world government, right? And some of the things that this new administration says that they are for and want to be about. Uh, directly or directly in contrast to what we believe as Christians. So we need to be praying against those things. Just because Joe Biden is in the office, it doesn't mean that God still can't restrain him. It doesn't mean that God still can't use people within his cabinet or within the Congress or the Senate. There are, I believe, some, maybe there's not many, but I do believe that there are some God-fearing Christian people in the House and the Senate yet. You know, you might not feel like that so much, but I believe that's true. God still does have certain people in strategic places to restrain evil, guys. So pray the evil they do may be restrained. Are you feeling that? Third thing, third thing. Uh, You might like the, if you're, (laughs) some of you guys might like the tone of this one a little bit better, but, uh, well, let me just read it to you. Pray that they will receive divine justice. You know, uh, a long time ago, there, there's, there's this theology that is, for, I guess really in the last 10 years, more than any other time, uh, and just especially in the last 10 years, there's been a theology circulating through uh, Christianity, especially in America, that there is no hell. And in Europe, there is no hell. Uh, guys, 
And that's a nice thought for many people to think that, okay, well, nobody's going to go to hell. And, you know, I'm kind of, I didn't know what I thought about that because how could God let anybody go to hell and this and that? One thing we need to understand about that without jumping off on a rabbit trail and teaching all about that is that hell was a place that was never intended for people to go. You know, where we were intended to go? Eden. That's where we were intended to be. That's where what God had prepared for us, even though he knew we would fall and all that. And that's why he made a way. But hell was never intended uh, uh, for, for us, guys, for, for humanity, okay? But justice, God is a God of justice. He is holy, and he is a God of justice, okay? So, so there's nothing wrong with praying for justice, that we see justice, okay? But pray that they'll receive not just justice from us, but divine justice from God. Just as we, just as we, let's look at that point again, just as we seek justice on earth from duly established governmental authorities, we can seek justice of our holy God. All right? Eventually, everybody is going to stand before God. And eventually, he is going to have his way. He is not slack concerning his promises. Our Jesus is coming back, guys. Jesus is coming back for his bride, for the church, and there will be a seven-year tribulation period. Why? Because it's in the Bible. God said there was going to be. There is going to be. I'm telling you. And when that happens, there will be justice served. And it will be divine justice. And there's, you know what? There's nothing wrong with us praying for that, okay? But now let me say this. Let me say this. In asking that divine justice be done, we should be careful to guard our motives, all right? Again, we've already talked about not wanting uh, our emotions become our master, right? We don't want our emotions to master. We, we need to master our emotions, otherwise our emotions will become our master, right? So we, don't, we need to guard ourselves from letting hate take residence in our hearts, okay? So when you're praying for divine justice, okay, we need to be careful to guard our motives. Praying for divine justice, it can be a way to circumvent our duty to, as we've already read, love our enemy, agape, that's unconditional. Have a love for them that we are only able to have for people by being empowered with the Holy Spirit, okay? And Jesus said, I say, love your enemies, right? And why? Because in, in showing people kindness that they don't deserve, it turns them to the Lord. How do we know that? Because that's what happened to you. That's what happened to you. It is the Lord's kindness. He was kind to us first, and that's what has turned our hearts to him. So it's no different. Be like your father. We just read in the scripture. Be like the father. And what was the father? He gave Jesus to us out of kindness, and that led us to him. So don't let that hate take up in your heart. Don't, don't run off with this praying that for divine justice on everybody and wrath and everything. I'm telling you, when the day will come when everybody stands before the Lord. And on that day, your worst enemies, you will pity. And you, you, won't, you won't want to see them cast into hell, right? You won't want that. You'll... But justice will be had, and it will be served, and there's nothing wrong to pray for. Just make sure that your motives are right, guys, all right? Romans chapter 12, verse 19 through 21 reads, Do not take revenge. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. 
for it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head. And yes, I have seen that happen in live action in my life before. Do not be overcome by evil, verse 21, but overcome evil with good. So pray. So pray. You know, I'm so proud of so many of you guys. Can I just say this? Now, I love our church people. We're such a tight-knit church family. And I'm so proud of millions of Americans across this country that I have never met. I'm so proud of so many in this nation that, you know what, uh, that took part in the process, that didn't sit out the election, that stood for liberty, stood for justice, and they still do. I know you guys still do. Those who let their voices be heard with their vote and even attempting the marches and rallies. Look, 99% of the people who were in Washington, D.C. with me on January 6th were good, sweet, Christian people were not there to loot and riot on the Capitol building or break the law. All right? Don't believe that lie of a narrative that you're hearing on MSNBC and CNN and everything else, all right? The vast majority of the Trump supporters there were good law-abiding people. Uh, I believe truly that we're taken advantage of uh, so much so by the media, that the media would paint this narrative about them. I'm proud of you guys. I am. Let your voices be heard in the vote, even at rallies. Letting your voice be heard in your community, in your realms of influences, even if you know that it's going to bring insults upon you. I'm so proud, guys. So proud of you for doing that. I've been beating the drum all summer, right, that we need to... I'm a patriot pastor, right? And I've been beating that drum that we need to stand up and be vocal for righteousness in our country and be vocal about getting uh, uh, people elected into the highest offices in the land that are going to stand for righteousness, okay? You know that. You don't have to look through too many of our past sermons to find uh, that narrative over and over and over again the last few weeks, right, or months for that matter, okay? But look, we cannot forget, we cannot forget that our citizenship isn't just to the United States of America. Yeah, we're United States citizens, but you know what? That's not our first citizenship. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. I think you know where I'm going to go here. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Oh, church, I'm just telling you, and you know what? You can hope You can truly listen to me. I promise you, you can put your trust and faith in him and not be let down and not be disappointed, all right? We are first citizens of the kingdom of God. And our responsibilities uh, to that come first and they don't get set aside for any reason, no matter how angry or mad you are or whatever you are. Your responsibility is to serve the kingdom of God and serve that kingdom as he has instructed you to serve that kingdom. Those responsibilities don't get put aside just because an election might have been uh, stolen or whatever, right? 
We're first citizens there. We're ambassadors of Christ. Ambassadors of Christ. We mustn't forget that this world is not our home. We're here for the blink of an eye, a teardrop in an ocean is this life in contrast to eternity. A teardrop in the ocean, guys. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, reads, reads as such, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You are an ambassador. You're an ambassador. An ambassador, guess what an ambassador does? He represents uh, one nation while living in another nation. While he's living in another nation, he's representing his home country, okay? And not only that, but he's advocating, he's, he or she is advocating for their king's interest in that foreign, foreign land. The king's interests, church, the king of kings, the king's interests don't change based on who's in the White House. They don't. And they don't change even if the king's message is rejected by those you bring it to. So we will continue to advocate. Amen? We will continue to advocate for our king's positions and we must continue to pray. I know so many times we just say, you hear it from a pastor, you hear it from a friend, you pray, 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 pray. And so many of you have spent time praying for different things and things don't happen on your timetable, but then you, it makes you feel like it doesn't do any good. Oh, church, it does. Sometimes the answer is no when you're praying, right? And sometimes the answer is not yet. Our God is a God of timing. We mustn't forget that. Praying is the most powerful thing any of you can do. So we must, must pray. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. First of all, first of all, then I urge that supplications and what? Prayers intercessions and thanksgivings be made for who? All people. For who? For kings. And all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. We, should, we, need, to, we need to be a part of the process to try and get, get godly people into office, obviously, in a republic. That's what we do, Right? But whoever is in there, we need to be praying that they would let us be so we can continue to serve God as freely as we were intended to according to the Constitution, all right? That we might live a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good. Let's keep reading. This is good and it is pleasing in the sight of our God, our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. There it is again, all people, even, even the cabal, even the one world order, even George Soros, he wants him to come to Jesus, to surrender his heart and repent. That's the heart of your king. That's the heart of your king. 
That's why it's good and pleasing in the sight of our Savior who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So pray. So pray. Earlier today, I uh, put a letter out on social media, uh, a letter of encouragement for everyone on social media. Uh, I'd like to read it to you now. I'd like to read it to you guys now, uh, in case you missed it, uh, since some of you are probably banned from social media by now. (laughs) Oh, my. Let's read it. I'm going to read it to you guys. I don't have it on the screen, guys, so I'll just read it. As we've said over and over again, the past last few months at Life Story Church, when God has a plan, nothing is going to stop it. You can be sure of that. Nothing is going to stop it. Whether you're happy with the events of today or disappointed by them, this fact does not change. God's hand has been on this nation since its founding, and he has used this nation to be a light to the world ever since, regardless of who has been in the White House. God has a plan, not only for the United States, but for this world, and it will not be stopped. Take joy in that truth. Take joy in that truth. Take solace in that truth, church. The word of God is clear in many places that we are to pray for the leadership of our nation. Agreeing uh, with the politics, agreeing with the theology, and even uh, the religion of said leaders is not a prerequisite for this instruction, which I think we've covered pretty well tonight. I strongly disagreed with former President Obama on many issues, many issues, just about every issue, all right? Social issues, uh, what you name it, all right? I mean, for crying out loud, his IRS was targeting conservative and religious groups, right? I disagreed with him on many, many things, but I prayed for him often. I did. I prayed for him often. I prayed for him publicly often. I believe in the power of prayer. Do you? I do. I believe in the power of prayer. I thusly believe that it is imperative that Christians pray for their presidents. I call on all who read this to do so regardless of whom it is that sits in the Oval Office. Pray that our leaders would fear the Lord, that they would govern with humble and repentant hearts, that they would make all their decisions with the best interests of the people in mind. Our God, don't forget this, church, is a God of timing, and He will, He will, church, accomplish all that He has in mind to fulfill all His promises, all of His prophecies, don't you know it? all of his prophecies, and he will show himself to be exactly who he says he is. Always remember, our hope has never been in man. Donald Trump was not a savior, all right? We believed fully that he was being utilized as a tool by God, yeah. 
But you know what? He uses every government in this world as a tool to get things to where they need to be in the end times, before the rapture of the church, before the seven-year tribulation period time of Jacob's trouble that we know is coming. We know is coming, guys. God is a God of timing, and he will accomplish all that he has in mind to fulfill his promises, his prophecies, and to show himself to be exactly who he says he is. Always remember, hope has never been in a man, but in the Lord. Be encouraged today, as this day marks us, frankly, one day nearer to our salvation than when we first believed, one day closer to his glorious appearing Titus chapter 2, verse 11 through 13 reads, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, verse 12, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in the present age, verse 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Church, Hear me on this. Jesus is coming soon. And I don't know if, you're, if anybody watching this is not even a believer in the Lord right now. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming soon. He's coming soon. Uh, and, you know, if the results of this election uh, have the impact that many think that it will in regards to financial policy, and global financial policy, and global policy uh, uh, and leadership as a whole, if this election has the results that many think it will, that you just look at their plans, we're going to talk a little bit about that on Sunday, you know, then his coming, church, his coming may have just been expedited substantially. It's time for us to be about his business like never before. Come on now. It's time for us to be about his business like never before. So you know what? In closing tonight, my parting commission to you, don't let your emotions rule you now, all right? Don't let your emotions rule you. Don't get so down and angry that your heart fills with hate and leads you to say things that you know the Lord doesn't want you saying or do things that you, would, you know the Lord wouldn't want you doing, all right? Don't let your emotions rule you. Don't let the enemy seize on you. The scripture tells us that he prowls around like a lion, a lion to see whom he can devour. That means whoever will let open themselves up to him. Mm. don't let the enemy seize on you while you're in a dejected state, all right? Master your emotions or they will be your master. Instead, come on now, let's bring it home. Instead, be about your father's business. Let your disappointment or righteousness, uh, or righteous indignation compel you to advocate for kingdom positions all the more. All the more, speak the truth even louder. <laughs> resolve, resolve to be even bolder, to love more consistently, give mercy more often, and pray even harder than ever before, church. Do you hear me? In the name of Jesus, Second Chronicles 
verse, uh, chapter 7, verse 14, famously reads as we close, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Oh, that's a letter to Israel, Pastor Chad. Look at the key. He's speaking, God is speaking to his people. Are you his people? Well, this is what he says to his people. Humble, pray, seek. Seek my face and turn. Humble, pray, seek, turn. Humble, pray, seek, turn. Get that in your head. Humble, pray, seek, turn. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear. It's not that God hasn't heard you. It's not that God hasn't heard you, church. He's got a plan. He's got this thing on a watch. Don't you know God is a God of timing? I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Amen? Amen, church. Hope you're encouraged. I hope the Lord has spoken something to your heart that maybe you needed to hear tonight. With every eye closed and every head bowed, let's do this right now. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we pray that you would condition our hearts to where they need to be. Lord, we love our nation. God bless America. We love our nation, Lord Jesus. And we appeal to you that you would deliver us with godly leadership as long as we have to be here, Lord, as long as we wait for your glorious appearing, Father, as we wait, Father, for you to bring us to yourself, Lord. Let this nation be restored to righteousness and faith, Lord God. That's the prayer of our heart, Lord. Well, we don't understand all that you're doing. And we don't understand uh, your timing all the way, Father. But we do know this, that we trust you. So condition our hearts, Father, to be about your business, to be an advocate for you, to, to do you justice as your ambassador and a citizen of heaven, God. Condition our hearts, Father, to serve you best in, this, in these last hours, Father, in these last hours before you return for your bride, Lord. Lord Jesus, heal our hearts, encourage the, de de the dejected, Father, lift our heads, Father. Those whose hearts are down, whose heads are down, Father, lift our heads, Father. Lord Jesus, in spirit and truth, that we could continue to speak truth in love more boldly than ever before and to continue to advocate for your kingdom here and now. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. We love you guys so much. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he pour his favor out on your lives. May you go in grace and prosper in all you do. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. We look forward to seeing you guys at 10.30 a.m. at the Rutledge in uh, Pegram, just one exit down from Bellevue, uh, this Sunday morning at 10.30 uh, a.m. And uh, if you can't be there in person, I know a lot of you guys watching this are from all over the country, in the, all over the world in some cases. Make sure you turn, tune in to the live stream on YouTube or on the Facebook live feed. With that, thank you guys so much. May, the God, may, may God give you comfort and peace tonight as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. We love you.